So imagine there's a guy who has a hammer and he really, really likes this hammer. He uses it to put nails into walls and to pull nails out of walls, you know, which is what it's for. But he likes it so much that over time he just begins to use it for more and more things. He uses it to turn his television on and off. He uses it to open doors. He uses it to start his car. He uses it to settle arguments at work. He uses it for just everything that he possibly can. You can see where this is going to start to cause him trouble because he's using a tool for something that it's not intended for. Now, the thing is, this gets even more complicated because he does this for so long that he actually forgets that the hammer is not a part of him. He starts to see it as an extension of himself. And so he's not even recognizing that he's doing this. So this is a silly story and it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but this is exactly what we've done with the mind. But I think it's even more complicated with the mind because we don't just see it as part of ourselves, but we actually see it as us instead of a tool to be used. So today we're starting a new series on the Simple Ways to Have a Good Life podcast. And it is just based on the things that clients have most often told me have been the most useful to them over the last few years. And when I started thinking about this series, there was a clear number one, and it ties into the story we just told, and it is that you are not your thoughts. I think it's important for me to say I'm not anti-mind, I'm not anti-thought, but I am very pro-remembering that the mind is a tool and that we are not our thoughts. The mind is a wonderful thing. It's amazing. If you are shopping for a car, the mind is so helpful. It can tell you if something's going to fit your budget, if it's going to help you get your family around. You know, if you are a construction guy and you like working with lumber and lots of tools and you're looking at a Corvette as your primary mode of transportation, you're going to run into trouble. If you are a family person and you have got, I don't know, you've got five kids and you're looking at a Miata, it's not going to turn out well. If you've got a certain budget and the car you're looking at absolutely does not fit within that budget, the mind is very, is very good to be there to help you figure that out. The problem is that the mind doesn't stop there. It's the hammer that doesn't stop with putting nails into the wall and taking them out. It starts veering off into other lanes and causing you trouble. It says, well, gosh, I really want that car. It's really pretty. Why, why am I not entitled to a nice car? Oh, did I really want this many kids? Is this the life I want? It gets bitter and it starts thinking about things that do not matter. And that's where the mind is no longer serving its function. It's a tool that has kind of started moving out beyond its own purpose. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the guy turning off his TV and settling arguments with the hammer. That's not what it's intended for and it's going to bring consequences. The thing is, is that our thoughts get a free pass because we think that we are them. At the very least, most people think that they are thinking their thoughts. But the thing is like, okay, so, so right now, don't think of a basketball. Don't think of uh, Europe. Don't think of what it was like to be in third grade. And with each of these things, something came to mind for you. Something popped up because that's what the mind does. It's constantly like scanning reality for something to, to bring to mind, something to jump up. It, 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 it finds something that's going to trigger something in you and then it runs with that and it swings from thought to thought to thought. That's why the Buddhists call it the monkey mind. It's constantly going from vine to vine to vine. And the thing is like you are not thinking your thoughts and whatever, whatever we mean by you, I'm not, this is probably not the episode to get into that, but you can't be the one that creates thoughts because that would lead to an infinite regress. You would have to have a thought about thinking or a thought about creating a thought. 
Before that, you'd have to have a thought about creating a thought about creating a thought. You know, and it just goes further and further and further until it just runs off into infinity, until maybe the day you're born. And it seems strange for me to think that, you know, the very first thought you ever thought led to all the other thoughts. And so you can see where, if you really pay attention, you'll see where the mind is constantly just scanning reality for something. So like the things I mentioned, uh, the basketball, Europe, and being in third grade, they probably didn't stick for very long because they, they, they didn't have an emotion attached to them. You know, most likely they didn't have an emotion attached to them. Now, if I had said basketball to my wife right after Texas Tech loses like a real close game to somebody, that thought's going to stick because it has an emotion. It has the emotion of, uh, of I don't know, disappointment or um, heartbreak for her because she takes that really seriously. If I said it right after Texas Tech, it just won a big game in the final moments. It would stick because it's going to have feelings of joy and happiness. If third grade was a particularly wonderful time or a particularly trying time for you, it's going to, the mind is going to grab onto that and swing from thought to thought to thought to kind of pull you in and to suck you into this line of just thinking and just thinking. I see this in myself very often. Like if I, if I don't get enough sleep, if something is going on that is just difficult for me to deal with, if I'm just in a generally, just like in a general mood, then it's very easy for my mind to start getting traction on things that it shouldn't. And it will find any little thing to trigger anger or resentment or whatever. And then it starts taking over and starts running the show. This is especially true. I want to emphasize this, that it's especially true when it can get something that's going to create an emotion in you, especially like a negative emotion or a painful emotion, a hard emotion. We like to dig into those. We like to try to figure out what's going on. But you know, if we're, if we're angry or we're feeling resentful, it's very easy because we like to dwell on that. We like to dig into it. And we like to just kind of just churn through it and just think about how unfair it is and how wrong this is. And, you know, the mind likes to, the mind likes to just be the center stage. So it, we enjoy that. We enjoy digging into those things. So there's a few exercises I use with my thoughts that have been incredibly useful. The first is in any time I find myself unhappy, I ask myself, what would this situation be like without my thoughts about it? I know it sounds silly, but when you train yourself to start just being present in situations and trying to picture what they would be like without your thoughts, it changes them drastically. You'll find that just about everything in your life is neutral and that your thoughts are just painting it one direction or another. They're, they're making it look one way, you know, making it look good and wonderful and it's what you want or bad and not what you want. A vast majority of everything is neutral when you start looking at it that way. I think it's super helpful to externalize your thoughts. This, this removes the free pass. I pretend that somebody else is saying something to me. You know, one of the most like transformative moments of my life now, I think if you've listened to this long enough, you'll notice a, a trend that the most transformative moments of my life were very simple because I don't know, I, I don't, I, I miss very basic things a lot. But I remember carrying a coffee cup. I had just gotten coffee and I was walking in my living room with it and it fell and hit the floor and shattered. I think I've told this on here before, probably. But the coffee cup shattered, but like I was still holding the handle. So like the handle came off the cup. And the very first thought I had was, you stupid motherfucker. I apologize for the language. That's That was all that was in my head at that time. But that's the first thing that jumped to my mind. And for the first time, it kind of hit me that like, wait a minute, this wasn't my fault. I didn't drop the cup. I didn't do anything here. It's just a, it's a poorly made cup and it broke. And that was my first instance of really being like, whoa, I really talk very negatively to myself. And it helped me also realize that, man, if somebody else talked to me, if I was carrying that cup and it broke and they said, you stupid motherfucker, my instinct would be to defend myself. But since it was in my head, 
for years and years and years, it had gotten a free pass into my consciousness, into my sense of self. And I really believed that I was a stupid motherfucker. And so I behaved like one and I lived like one. Externalizing a thought, pretending somebody else is saying it to you, kind of an avatar, just some blank faced person who is saying these things to you. And you'll notice the things that you feel inclined to defend yourself against. And it'll really shock you how many of your negative thoughts, critical thoughts, thoughts of condemnation towards yourself have been slipping through because you think it's you thinking them. So externalize those thoughts. And then I think the most useful of all with our thoughts is to simply say thanks for sharing. It's not helpful to argue with your thoughts because you're still focused on them. It's not helpful to feed your thoughts because you're focused on them. The simplest thing you can do is simply say thanks for sharing and go right back to doing whatever you're doing. Over time, this trains the mind that these these trains of thought that we get caught up in are not that important. And that's what we want. I don't want you suppressing thoughts. I don't want you repressing them. I don't want you acting like they're not there. But I also don't want you feeding negative and uh, you know self-critical thoughts or thoughts critical of others. We don't want to feed them, but we don't want to argue with them because by arguing with them, we're feeding them. We're telling the mind, this is important. Let's stay focused on it. So simply saying thanks for sharing and going back to what you're doing is very, very useful. If you do this long enough, you'll notice that at first you might have to do it like a thousand times an hour or a thousand times a minute if your mind races. But over time, you're retraining your mind that, hold on, we're going to, I want you to, I want you to do your job. I want you to be useful. I want you to measure reality and to help me make decisions. I don't want you going off with opinions and judgments and things like that. Like, I, I want you to stay in your lane. And we can train the mind to do that. So, so ask yourself, what would the situation be like without my thoughts about it? Externalize your thoughts, pretend somebody else is saying them to you, and train yourself to say thanks for sharing to thoughts that are not helpful. All right, so a little bit of housekeeping before we wrap up. I, I put out a vote in the newsletter that I send out. It was every Friday was the newsletter and every Sunday was the podcast. And the general consensus from everybody who's who's pretty involved or who's pretty um, invested in this was that the newsletter could be every other week. And so I thought, what if I do the newsletter one week and the podcast the next week? So I'm going to flip-flop them from now on. If you're interested in the newsletter, I'm putting a link in the show notes. It's going to be there from now on. And it, there's a good synergy between the newsletter and the podcast. Man, I hate using that word, but I don't know another good word. Like they seem to link together pretty well. And the feedback I got from people about the newsletter was all positive. You know, I think that it, I've said it from the beginning. I'm not looking to be famous. I'm not looking to be like a big name. But what I do like is that when I look at the statistics on the podcast, the people who listen to it, listen to the whole thing. When I look at the statistics on the newsletter, the people who open it and, you know, if it, it, there's people who don't open it at all, people who skim, but a vast majority of the people who open it, read the whole thing. And when I asked for feedback about how often I had quite a few people say like every other week would be good because I use the journal prompts and it would give me more time to work through them. So it, 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 I'm happy that people are invested in using these things in a real way because that's what I want. I'm not looking to be famous. I'm not looking to be Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss. I'm not cut out for that shit. What I am looking to do is create resources that are helpful for people who are willing to invest the time and energy and I think that every other week will allow me to do that better. And it's also going to prevent burnout on both sides, on my side and your side. So, so Fridays, every other Friday will be the newsletter. And then alternating with that, every other Sunday will be a new podcast. So, and if you, like I said, if you're interested in the newsletter, check out the, uh, the show notes and it'll take you straight to a landing page. I don't share your name with people. I don't do the whole, 
sharing my mailing list with somebody and they share theirs with mine. Um, I don't like that shit. I, if somebody takes the time to give me their information, I'm pretty protective of it. I do think the newsletter is useful. It, uh, you know, it's got, it always starts with a quote. It's always got a simple way to have a good life. It's always got a moment of gratitude, a way of bringing gratitude into our life. And it ends with a reminder that you're going to die someday, not, not today, hopefully, but someday you're going to die. And I think that's super important because it refocuses our life to the things that really matter. So check it out. There's a link in the show notes. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions for this podcast, you can email me. It's just james at james scott henson. I will look forward to talking to you in two weeks. And until then, remember, when you're suffering, when you're struggling, when you don't like something, ask yourself, what would this be like without my thoughts about it? Learn to externalize your thoughts of criticism and condemnation towards yourself and see how you would respond if somebody else was saying these things to you. And just develop the habit of saying thanks for sharing to your thoughts and watch how quickly your mind starts to settle into its proper role instead of running amok and making everything messy. I look forward to talking to you in two weeks. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Take care. <laughs>